Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Media Podcast Network. All right, everybody, it is Tuesday, September fifth, twenty twenty three. And it is indeed a heck of a morning. We are live on the MMA Fighting Twitter spaces. You can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. Hello, my friends. I am Mike Heck. Hope everyone had a great weekend. If you're in the States, hope you had a great long weekend. We are on the heels of a very fun UFC Paris event. Cyril Gone, one-way traffic in the main event. Against Sergey Spivak, got it done, bounced back, second round, TKO finish. Rose Namajunas came up short in her debut in the UFC's flyweight division. Competitive fight against Manon Fioro. Fioro gets a unanimous decision. Rose has had a lot to say about that. Suffered a pretty nasty hand injury, she says, a dislocated finger. There's a gnarly-looking photo that was shared on social media. But big win for Manon Fioro. Rose says she's going to stick around at 125, so we'll see what happens there. Benoit Saint-Denis put everybody on notice at 155 pounds. What a performance against Tiago Moises. And the crowd was on fire. It's a hell of a, hell of a watch when you get the crowd ambiance and everything going on. It was... It was a good time. An early day MMA is tremendous MMA. But the UFC stays international. They are in Sydney, Australia, UFC 293 coming up on Saturday. Not the best pay-per-view offering the UFC has given us, but a lot of it has to do with fights falling apart. We still have the title fight, Israel Adesanya versus Sean Strickland. I have a feeling things are going to ramp up. Over the next few days with Media Day coming up and the press conference and everything going on with those two guys, things are going to ramp up quite a bit. Tied to Ivasa in the co-made events, which I'm sure is going to make everybody very, very happy. Taking on Alexander Volkov. I mean, all cop finally gets to fight. Knocking on wood. Taking on newcomer Felipe Dos Santos, Justin Taffa, Austin Lane, Tyson Pedro versus the Pleasure Man. That is your main card. There's a couple of bangers on the, the prelims. Carlos Ulberg, Daun Jung should be a lot of fun. I love the Jack Jenkins, Chepe Mariscal fight. That's going to be insane. Jamie Malarkey, John McDessie is a fun one. There's some weird ones on here as well. We got Kiefer Crosby making his UFC debut. Blood Diamond is back. It's not an $85 card, but I think if you watch it, and I think the fans will be into it, could be end, end up being a fun watch. And if somehow, some way, Sean Strickland ends the night winning the middleweight championship, holy freaking smokes. But there's a lot going on. Uh, we got Jorge Mazadal's promotion coming up on Friday. Gamebred Bare Knuckle going down in Jacksonville. It's a pretty good car. We got JDS versus Fabricio Verdum in the main event. We got Maki Patolo fighting Joel Bauman on the card as well. I think that's the co-main event. Brandon Jenkins, Anthony and Jokowani, other notable names, Erwin Rivera, Brandon Davis on the card as well. So that should be a fun watch on Friday. But let's turn it over to you guys. Let's get after this and let's see what's on your mind. Uh, Eric, kick us off. Let's go. 
Oh yeah. What's up, man? Uh, yeah, I okay. think I think Israel and China are gonna put, like. I think they're gonna put on a war, but I can see Israel and Estonia retaining. I don't see China shipping the same. I don't see China shipping uh, getting that belt, but not yet. But I think it will get the belt one day. So thanks, guys. Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting fight. Um, and all the pe- like, I'm very curious to see how Sean Strickland is going to approach this fight because his team, I've talked to Eric Dixick a million times about crafting game plans for Sean Strickland. And one of his favorite stories to tell me, even though it was a bad result for the team was the game plan they had for the Alex Pereira fight, which was to wrestle. But Sean Strickland was like, nah, I'm just going to, try to punch a student in the face over and over again. And despite the team yelling at him, like, no, 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 what are you doing? He went out on his shield, and and Sean still says to this day that he wouldn't do it any differently. So I'm curious. Is he going to – is he just going to go after Izzy? Because I think that's honestly his best chance to win is just to get in his face and just throw as much as possible and not give Izzy any space – but that is so much easier said than done with a guy like Israel Adesanya. So I don't know. I feel like Izzy should kind of cruise in this one. He might get Strickland out of there if Strickland gets a little cray cray. But to say like there's no path to victory for Sean Strickland, I don't think it's true. But he's going to have to pitch a perfect game. He's going to have to just get in Izzy's face and just throw a million punches over and over and over again, but even that might not be enough. But if he doesn't go out and do that, if he doesn't have 25 minutes of that in him, then it could be a rough night for him. But what a world it could be. This is MMA and anything can happen. So we've seen weird things happen all year long. Chase, hello. Hey, what's up, Mike? Uh, Just wanted to see if you had any thoughts on the Contender Series card tonight. Uh, the main event looks pretty solid. Uh, Bruno Lopez is a big favorite. Um, he's got a win over RoboCop on the regional scene. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to see if you had any thoughts on tonight's Contender Series card. Yeah, Bruno Lopez is super good. Uh, he's he's probably one of the best overall fighters competing in this entire season. So I'm, I'm looking forward to him going out there and doing work. Uh, I do like, I, I can never pronounce his name right, uh, Sir Hai Sedai. It could, I'd probably butcher that, but he's he's really fun. I enjoy watching him fight, and they could obviously use some, some extra Canadian fighters on the roster. Uh, yeah, I mean, those are the two I'm really watching, but we'll see how this all goes down. Um, there's some good records on here. But the top two fights are really what I'm looking forward to. Uh, Lopez and Sedai are, are two two of the fighters that I, I've had my eye on pretty much all season. So they get their opportunity and see if they can deliver on the big stage. But it should be a good watch tonight. And we'll see how the contracts Ooh. are doled out. Ebzoalia, yeah, hello. Hi. So uh, just two things I want to say. Firstly, looking forward to this great UFC 293 card this Saturday. It's in my, home, uh, in my country, Australia. Um, I just want to discuss briefly about the three main fights I'm really into. Um, Taitui Vasa Volkov, uh, Manel Cape versus the unranked opponents facing in Adesan Strickland. So, like, um, I think a lot of people, I'll start with Adesan, I think a lot of people are underestimating Sean Strickland because based off you know, the very few fights they've seen of him, they don't realize how fundamentally amazing he is. He actually has the most crucial and basic understanding of the fight game down to the core. He understands how to box. He understands how, how to perform jiu-jitsu. He's got great fundamental defense. And he's also worked on some of his flaws, such as covering and you know protecting his chin, head movement, and et cetera, et cetera. And I think based on the last three performance, you know, two back-to-back masterclasses, again, Imavov and Abus, I think Sean is going to mix it up with a lot of aggression He's definitely going to do his usual slow stand pace, and he's also probably going to, you know, take Adesan to the ground, challenge him. Because, I mean, if, if there's anything Sean does, he likes to go and stand and bang. Adesanya, 
I can see him putting on a masterclass. I could even see him going for submission because he's mentioned that. And we know he's been working on his wrestling and jiu-jitsu much more over the last three to four years since he's become a champion. So I'm curious to see where they will go with that. As for Volkov and Taito Ivasa, yes, Taito Ivasa has come off two major losses, uh, obviously two contenders, mind you. But I think what people overlook is Ty is not just a punches guy. He actually has very underrated leg kicks. He's good in the clinch. He's definitely got solid understanding of how to box around his opponents. And he needs to work on that um, momentum to keep Volkov down at the cage so he doesn't lose balance. But Volkov's got some upsides, and I believe... You know, he could win on Saturday. We'll see what happens. Uh, Mane or Cape, I don't have much to say, but hopefully if he gets this win, he should be able to uh, rightfully serve fight. Uh, Brandon Moreno, maybe the winner of Tim Elliott and Mokayev next month. I'm curious on that. And uh, the second thing I just want to say is um, it was a convo I did mention last Friday about superstars in the UFC. Uh, I, I don't want to drag on any longer, but all I'll say is I reckon the stars that the UFC are going to build up in the future. I would like to equally see the fighters themselves market themselves to the extreme and the UFC where those guys can become not just stars in UFC, but they could possibly become megastars that other sport fans know about. You know, because we saw that they made the mistake with Francis and Garner and, you know, other athletes. But that's all I have to say. Have a good day. Thanks. Uh, thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, Izzy should win pretty easily on Saturday. But again, Sean just has to be perfect. Dude's got to be perfect, and he's got to be violent. But I'm again, my, my whole thing with Strickland is he is part of a great team that's going to craft a great game plan, which is not an easy thing to do when you're fighting a guy like Israel Adesanya. So will he stick to that, or will he get emotional in there and just be like, F you, let's fight? Uh, and if he does that, probably not a good thing, but we'll see what happens there. I, I don't like Ty's chances against Volkov. Could he land a big shot and knock Volkov out? Sure. It's very, 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 very possible. He's got the home crowd behind him. Um, but that's one of those fights where the longer it goes, the more it favors Volkov. It's just, who can Ty land the big shot or can Volkov, as Jose Youngs likes to put it, win by death? by a thousand lunchboxes. You know what I mean? Uh, and Volkov could just take Ty down too. So, yeah, I, I don't love that fight for Ty, but at this point in his career, trying to build him up to where he was before, like these are the fights you're just going to have to take. Uh, he's already had like the fun fights. Already fought Cyril. Already fought Derek Lewis. It's kind of in a weird place, but Ty's super fun. I mean, I'll cop, this is... It's got to be a showcase fight for him, uh, taking on a promotional newcomer. But I, I think for him, it's just getting reps because dude's had some real bad luck as of late. So, And then the star thing. The last thing I'll say about this, because I talked about it a lot on Friday, is if you're a fighter in the UFC and you're waiting for the promotion to put the, the promotional push behind you, uh, you're not doing it right. You got to do it on your own. You got to do it by yourself. And if you could do it by yourself and the promotion notices it, yeah, they'll help. But you got to do it on your own. For sure. Uh, Tristan, what's up, man? Hey, Mike, can you hear me? Yep. Hey, um, I want to talk about um, Benoit Saint-Denis. Um, Benoit Saint-Denis, he looked great. He looked amazing. Um, but Luke, Th Luke Thomas did point something out that he did get clipped a couple of times. Um you know, never usually question about Santini's durability, and that's going to get him far. But when we talk about championship from the title, that's one concern about it. Like, as he starts fighting tougher fighters, you know, that has power, and that could actually hurt him. You mean, your durability could go at some point. It's going to go at some point. The only person that's an anomaly is Max Holloway, which is insane. He has a granite chin, and his durability has been always pretty good. I mean, well, pretty much great. Um, Luke, I just being champion is going to be tough if if you're not tightening those gaps, putting your hands up, you know, 
making sure. I mean, he moved a couple of times here and there, but he did get he did get clipped. So I mean, with Centenis, I think he's tough. I think he's great. I think he's going to go far, but I do question about him getting getting hit, and he has to tighten up those gaps real quick. Because I think also too during the fight, um, they were saying uh, I think his corner was telling him like, "Don't brawl, you, you, don't brawl in there." You know take your time, be a little bit patient, but sometimes he can't even help himself. He wants to go crazy, especially at his hometown. So, um, well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what's going on with him. And listening to, I know, kind of, I kind of disagree with the pick that you chose with Matt Favola. I think Favola's his heart and his mind is set on Patty Pittman. He wants that fight. In the worst way, I did watch an interview with him with John Anik and um, Kenny Florian. Um, and, you know, he said he would love to have Patty Pimlet at MSG, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Patty Pimlet's not going to fight till next year. So, I don't know. I mean, it's not impossible for Santanis to fight him at MSG. So, that is a kind of quick turnaround in November. So, I, I just don't know if it's going to happen. I really think he has his heart set on on uh, Patty Pimlet. And if there's any inkling that... And I think you wrote up an article where uh, Patty Pimlet is opening is open to fight uh, Matt Favola at some point. But, I mean, if they... We turn to London next year. I mean, I, I see that fight most likely happening where you have Patty Pimblett versus Matt Favola. Because, you know, Favola really wants to be the one to be the first one to beat him and knock him out. So, And, you know, he, like you said, he respects him. And, you know, he knows it's a tough fight, but it, it looked like his heart is set on Patty Pimblett. So that's my, just my thoughts. Thanks, Mike. Fighting in a machine means more to him than fighting Patty Pimblett right now. 1,000%. He wants the Patty fight. And even, if fight, even if he fights Benoit Santini and loses at MSG, that fight is still there. That fight's still there. Patty wants it. Makes sense. Like, he might not be a top 15 guy if he loses to Benoit Santini, but that fight just makes sense. Like, if Benoit can turn around, because, I mean, he got hit a couple of times, but it's not like he took a ton of damage in that fight. He took damage maybe in the final minute of the first round, and then he took no damage in the second. He just big-brothered Tiago Moises. So, yeah, I think, I think that's the perfect fight. And look, Benoit Santini, like has people excited. And to get him over that hump to be like, and I think he's on people's radars now, but to get him over that hump to be like, oh, shit, this dude is for real, for real, you got to be frequent. You got to fight on these big cards. You got to find these big moments and compete. So if that, if that is an option and Benoit can turn around and fight, you got to do it. You got to do it on a big stage. That's probably going to be a fight that would kick off a main card on it. Just a ginormous one. I think if you could do it, you do it. And then Patty can still be there after the fact. Like it's, and, and look, if you're for Vola, Fight Santini now. Fight him now. Like, now's the time to fight him because he's only going to get better, mostly because of what you just said. I'm not as concerned about the defensive discrepancies as you are and maybe as Luke is. I, they're clearly there. He does get clipped. He got clipped in the Bonfim fight too. But I don't think he approach. I don't think he would approach a fight with, like, a Rafael Fazeev in the same way. I think he just didn't have any respect for Tiago Moises' power at all. And he was willing to take those shots because he just didn't have the respect for it. Now, if he fights a Fazeev or a Gaethje type or, or a Poirier or a Chandler, which is far, far away, Fazeev maybe, depending on what happens in a couple of weeks, but I don't know if he's going to have that same level of I don't give a shit in him. But yeah, I, I think he just had no respect for Tiago Moises' punching power at all. And he was landing everything. And Tiago Moises is one of the best defensive strikers in the lightweight division. But even as good as he is defensively, there's nothing he could do. Benoit was just ragdolling him. There's nothing he could do. Benoit was just so much bigger and more physical than, than he was. It was wild to watch. What a performance. But yeah, if he can get back, if he can turn around quick and fight for Vol at MSG, go do it. That's only going to help you. 
The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Uh, let's go to slip and roll. Hey, Mike, how's it going, man? Um, good, how are you? You're good. Uh, so, uh, I want to stay on the topic of Adesanya versus Strickland. Um, uh, so a lot of people are saying that, um, uh, like this fight is easy for Adesanya. And I actually don't get why people are so caught up on that because like the guy actually beat Whitaker twice, Vittori twice, Pereira. Cannoneer, Costa, Brunson, Wilkinson, Anderson, so all of these guys. And I do think that this guy uh, deserves a couple of easy win- wins on his resume. Uh, so, And also, I really don't think that Strickland is an easy fight, honestly. Uh, so I want to actually know your opinion on, like, what, what does Adesanya need to do uh, for people to think that he is actually the middleweight GOAT? I just wanted to ask you that. To be the middleweight goat. Uh, oops, didn't mean to do that. Sorry. Um, just gotta break the title defense record. That would that would help. That would help. I mean, that's really it for me. Really. Um, I mean, Izzy's is, is got a tremendous resume, but I think it's just honestly, it's 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 him just breaking that record. Break the title defense record, and that's that's certainly going to help. That's certainly going to help. But he goes out there and he beats Strickland, which many are expecting him to do. I mean, just look at the betting odds. And then he turns around and goes out and beats DDP convincingly. And if he goes out and then beats Hamza Shemaev after that, because apparently Shemaev is on that radar. If Shemaev beats Paulo Costa, that's things are going to get real interesting at 185. You run off those three wins on top of everything else, that's certainly going to help. So, but yeah, it's it's about numbers, man. It's about numbers. We talk about this on all the time at MMA fighting. There is nothing more difficult than rattling off a bunch of title defenses in your division where you're just fighting the next guy up and just knocking them down. And all these talks about who the goat is, like I remember we we're doing this with Kamar Usman and I'm just like, "Stop." Stop this. He's not there yet. He's got to rattle off more defenses. The title numbers, the, the title defenses, the consecutive title defense, all that. All of that matters. It all matters in these GOAT debates. When you have your name on top of the, on top of the list, that's it. That ends most discussions to me. 
you know, runs off those three wins. That's certainly going to help. We'll put him there in the number one spot. Mm, pretty close. But again, once you eclipse that number or you at least even it, that's going to put you in, in a different kind of a company for me. Max, hello. Hello, Mike. How are you doing this morning? You get your Duncan? I got my Duncan, my man. Love to hear it. Uh, so I just got a few questions for you. So um, I've recently been inspired by you and Jed, you know, talking about uh, people, for example, Sean, here getting a title shot off Abus, uh, Magomedov, tune-up fight kind of thing. Um, I know this might have been out of the realm of possibility two years ago, but this is a different world in the UFC. So if, if Manel Cape wins... Um, on UFC 293, does the UFC say to themselves one of three things? A, we want to promote Manel, give him the title shot, as weird as that sounds, give him the title shot, he's more marketable than Pantoja. Um, B, do they say, okay, we like Makayev better, give him Makayev, you know, okay, he won versus Dos Santos, whatever, give him Makayev. Or C, maybe give him Moreno or some other top contender after. I'm really, I think he's in a quite intriguing place because Manel runs his mouth quite a lot. And he's quite confident in himself, which makes sense. However, uh, I'm just curious where he would go from here if he wins. I mean, could they give him a title shot? I mean, two years ago, I would have said never, but this is a different world. Um, my second question being, uh, what do you think about AEW after their two most recent pay-per-views? Still do-do in your eyes? Does Tony, you know, have more balls now after firing CM Punk? Or, you know, what are your thoughts on that? And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I got for your brother. Thanks for taking my call. And I hope you have a lovely day and week. Cheers. Thanks, man. Um, I watched All Out yesterday. It was fine. It was good. It was, it was exactly – is it the is it was – was it a great pay-per-view? No, it wasn't. Was it good? Yeah. Was it exactly what they needed after the CM Punk firing? Yes. They had to do exactly that. Um, and you know what? John Moxley had a, had a wrestling match. Holy shit. Holy shit. No, it was, it, was, it was fine. The punk thing, I think I'm going to reserve judgment because I think we are, this story ain't done. I think it's far away from being done. So there is, I, there's going to be video of that incident backstage. Like there is video of it and it's going to get released. And then we can reserve judgment until then. But yeah. It's it's just a weird situation. Now, Punk, what he's going to do, I have no idea. Uh, if he ends up at WWE, that'd be incredible. Uh, what a wild turn of events it has been if he ends up returning. But, yeah, it was a good pay-per-view. All In was fun. Um, not watching it live, I think, really gave me a full sense of what it was. Good pay-per-view. Very good. Uh, and I thought... I watched uh, the payback pay-per-view from WWE as well on Sunday. That was awesome. The Becky Lynch Trish Stratus match was fucking great. It's one of the best matches of the year, men or women. It was awesome. Main event was great too. Like there's just a lot. I don't know, but we'll see how AEW can recover. We'll see what collision looks like moving forward without punk. But yeah, there's a lot more to that story. As far as Manel cop goes, uh, of the three options, I think it's going to be option C. I don't think he'll give him a title shot. I don't think they're going to give him Mikhaev. I think he's ahead of both of those guys. Uh, Mikhaev, there's no rush to get him to a guy like Manal Kopp. It all kind of depends on what Pantoja's next move is going to be before you can kind of figure it out. Are they going to run it back with Moreno again? I kind of assume they won't. Right now, are they going to do Pantoja versus Brandon Royval? If that's the case, maybe we do Minal Kopp versus Amir Albazi, but that'll be tough because they both sort of train at the same place. So I don't know if that fight can happen. They're both managed by the same guy. There's just a lot of the same Z's going on with those guys. So maybe that fight's not possible. Uh, if they do Pantoja Albazi, well, let's do. Cop, uh, Cop Royval, love that idea. But, yeah, I, I don't think Mikhaev's really in the mix right now for that fight. I think he needs a couple more wins. I am really, really interested in this Mikhaev-Tim Elliott fight. 
really, really interested in that one. That's a good one. But we just got to get Minnell in there. Got to get him in there and just let him get some reps in. It's been a minute since we've seen him fight. And he's fought a lot of like kind of lower level dudes, like outside of the top 15 kinds of guys. And he's just icing all of them. So it'll be nice. Like the Alex Perez fight would have been perfect. Would have been great to see what he could do. Uh, the Kai Car France fight would have been perfect. They could always go back to that one too. Like if they go back to, if they go back to Australia in February again, they do another Fe- February pay per view in Australia. Like if they go back to Perth again, like they did this year, you could rebook it for that. So I don't know. Without actually knowing what Pantoja is going to do next, it's kind of tough to to see. But I think we could figure out. We'll be able to figure it out more from there and kind of put the pieces together. But as you know, MMAfighting.com, we have been very high on Manel Cop. We were very excited when he signed with the UFC, and now he's getting close to that title shot. So let's see if he can can get there. Uh, CV, hello. Yo, Mike. Heck of a morning. Hope you had a great weekend. Um, Just two quick ones from me. Uh, First question is, is is Ty Tuivasa the new Derek Lewis uh, of the heavyweight division? Uh, meaning, like, win or lose, like, uh, we'll still watch him. Like, he'll be, like, any fights, like, whether he's main eventing or a co-main event, like, regardless. Like, he's just there for fun fights now. Um, second question, um, Carlos Olberg. Um, if he has another finish, he'll be on a fight, a five-fight win streak. Um, are you high on him? Um, like, where do you see him, like, realistically? Is he, like... Uh, can he crack into the top 10 eventually in the light heavyweight rankings? Um, just because light heavyweight is kind of like muddy right now. And uh, personally, I think he could be a, a player eventually down the road. Thanks. Ty Tuva. Yeah, I mean, excuse me. He is Derek Lewis-esque for sure. Um, I don't think he's quite where Derek is. Like Derek is you like Ty is beloved by a lot of people. But and his personality is great. I just think Derek's just on a whole nother level when it comes to that stuff. But Ty's like right there. So Ty is almost to that point where rankings don't matter, title implications don't matter. It's just about watching him fight. So he's very close to getting to where Derek Lewis is now. But I think Derek, after that win over Ruggieri de Lima and taking the pants off and all that, like that dude, I mean, that dude, he's Lewis is a star. Like he's a, he's at least a tier two star. I'm not sure if Ty is quite there just yet, but he's close. He's very, very close. I would say. So it's going to be a really interesting fight i don't love his chances against volkov but he is uh he's very close to much watch tv he's just so fun like he'll come out to the i'm curious to see what song he comes out to it'll be ridiculous and all sorts of fun uh latino heat hello hello good morning good morning and my question is um um how do you see a, a fight against tank and Sean O'Malley playing out, and do you think would it be a huge event or not that big? And the and who do you think Sean should fight next? Uh, Sean should fight Cheeto Vera next. That's the fight. Nothing else makes a lot. I mean, I'm not gonna say nothing else makes sense because there's a lot of fights that make sense. The Marab fight makes mer- meritocratic sense. It is a meritocracy where things are based on ranking and what you have done to deserve things, Marab is the guy. But this is not that world, so Cheeto's going to get the shot. How would Sean O'Malley, Gervonta, Tank go in a boxing match? Tank would, Tank would beat that ass, man. Like, let's, let's, let's not overthink this. Is it a massive fight right now? No, it's not a massive fight right now. Is it something that could build into something? Sure. But it ain't now. Sean's going to beat Cheeto. He's going to go beat a couple more guys and just blast off into the, the superstar stratosphere before that can happen. But 
like this is not like I'm not disrespecting Sean O'Malley. This is just it's we've seen this we've seen this. We've seen it. And I don't think Tank's the kind of guy that's gonna carry O'Malley like Floyd did with Connor. I think Tanks is gonna try to get him out of there real quick. So I, I don't love that fight for Sean. Um, but could it be a big event? Sure. It could be. It's just not a big event right the second. If that makes sense. But yeah, it's him and Cheeto. It's the biggest fight you can make in this division. Go ahead and do it. It'll be gigantic. And we'll see what comes out of that. And if Sean loses that fight, all bets are off with all these conversations. But if he wins, then we're just... The sky is the limit for the guy, for sure. But this next fight is so, so important for Sean O'Malley. It's gigantic. And if he beats Cheeto Vera, oh boy. Strap the rockets to him. We're off to the races. Uh, let's see. Black Belt MMA, go ahead. Hi, I'm my friend. Uh, I just Hello? wanted to say that uh, Israel Adesanya is, is the great. Is is the good is the good because he when uh, he's defeated the belt maybe five or six times. There is no uh, champion do this. Maybe even he is uh, winning at uh, when he fight and and Silva, and he beat uh, Paulo Costa, uh, and there are a lot of other uh, fighters who win. Uh, thanks. No, he's not. <laughs> he's not. He's not the middleweight goat. He's not. Anderson still is. Anderson has ten title defenses, and he did it consecutively, ten in a row. Anderson's the goat. It's not Izzy. Izzy's got a Izzy. Izzy's got a chance to get there, but he's not there yet. He's just not. Like, Anderson defended his title 10 times before he lost the title. Izzy has a loss during... Izzy got knocked out by Alex Pereira. I mean, he avenged the loss. But Anderson defended that title 10 consecutive times. And were there some snoozers in there? Yes, but Izzy's got some snoozers too. So he's in the... He's in, he can get there, but it's just... It's not... He's not there yet. He's not there yet. In my opinion. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hello. What's up, Mike? How you doing, man? How are okay, you? Good question for you. Um, so in terms of the heavyweight division, um, I, I remember hearing Tom Aspinall saying that Surya was reluctant to accepting that fight after his, his latest win. Um, so I guess is the next match Aspinall versus Pavlovich in terms of just kind of putting the whole um, – fights together of, you know, who's going to challenge for the heavyweight title, whether John Jones retires or not. Um, is that the next fight to make? And then in terms of Surreal, um, I know he's trying to go after the title. So what, what do you think his path is? Is it just the fight? Like it's the winner of um, Jones and, and Stipe? Appreciate you, man. No. It's definitely not the winner of that fight. Cyril just got iced by John Jones in a minute. So... That win against Sergey Spivak is not enough to get him a title fight. It's just, it's not. Like, Sergey's best win was against, Sergey's best win at the time, not Sergey. Um, like, Tom Aspinall's best win was the Marching Tybora win. Like, he's got some, the Volkov was great too. But beating Marching Tybor, to me, I, I think Tybor's resume was actually better than Spivak's. Spivak's best win was Derek Lewis. And with like everything that went into that fight, it didn't, it's, it didn't age great. So this is, this is good matchmaking. This is a Cyril gone, let's put him over type of fight. And same with Aspinall's with Tybor. So I don't know if it's like reluctancy when it comes to that fight. But I think Cyril's just kind of keeping his options open. However, his options aren't spectacular. If I'm Cyril Gunn, I would, I'm going all in on Pavlovich. Like, that's the fight I'm going for. Like, go all in on that one. Because Aspinall has... Aspinall could just take him down and beat that ass. Like, 
he ain't gonna he ain't gonna sprawl at Aspinall takedown. Like Aspinall's gonna get him down, he's gonna punish him. Pavlovich is just gonna stand there and trade punches with him. And I think honestly, like Gon matches up better with Pavlovich than he does with Tom Aspinall. At least in my in my humble opinion. But this whole, well, I want to get to the belt thing is not going to work. What's the other option? The other option is if Jailton Almeida beats Curtis Blades, I mean, that just creates a whole new wrinkle to all of this. So people forget that Jailton's fighting, fighting Curtis Blades November 4th, a week before the heavyweight title fight. And as we know in this sport, it's what have you done for me lately? And if the heavyweight division, if, if what have you done for me lately leads into the heavyweight title fight, then the lasting memory in this division is Jelton Almeida beating Curtis Blades. So we can't forget about him. And I know Pavlovich is the backup for the title fight. And he'll weigh in and, and all of that. But if Jelton beats Curtis Blades, it's probably Pavlovich, Jelton Almeida for the vacant title. Because that is, that's the biggest win from anybody, from anybody. So I think we have to wait to see what happens there. But if I'm Cyril, man, I am going all in on one of these guys. I'm not playing the, well, my next fight needs to be for the belt. I just want to get back to the belt. you got to have a plan, man. Otherwise, you're not going to get what you want. But I think Pavlich fight is interesting for him. <laughs> Go ahead, four quarters. And four. yes, you are correct that that's an important fight. Um, Sorry, Jelson versus Curtis Blades. I'm one of those people that that firmly believes that Curtis Blades will get it done. Um, I forgot who said it. I don't know if it was Luke Thomas or Judd Mishu, but one of them has said it, and I, and they had a rewind um, tape on uh, Jelson Amida. He does three things very well: front kick, um, what's it called a double legged takedown uh, against the cage, and then as a day he tries to apply for submissions. Well, Curtis Blades is a really good wrestler. Um, yeah, he's got kicked before in the face and stuff like that. But I just can't get the idea of Jelson Amida trying to take down Curtis Blades. And then what's next for Jelson Amida if he can't, you know, do step two after doing step one? Because he's not – I have a feeling he's going to have a very difficult time trying to take down um, Curtis Blades. And what do you think – who would benefit more from a Curtis Blades victory in San Paulo? Um Cyril Gaon or Tom Aspinall because I saw I saw improvements in Cyril Gaon and when he ended up stuffing that takedown on Sergey Spivak, it reminded me of the same way when Francis and Gaon ended up stuffing that takedown against Stipe in their rematch. And I was like, all right, well, outside of everything, outside of the the takedown defense, we didn't learn anything, but we did learn that you know he can at least be able to now defend a little bit more. So that was one good nugget that I saw from uh, Cyril Ghosn. And um, lastly, I wanted to ask, um, so I saw that you guys put out there that Laura Sanko is going to be on commentary for the pay-per-view. Off the bat, you, do you believe, how do you feel like the the chemistry is going to go between Anik, Cormier, and, and uh, Sankos? And that's all I got to say. Thanks. So, yeah, with look, I'll start with the Sanko thing because that is incredible stuff. Laura Sanko getting the nod. Uh, I, I had heard rumblings a couple of months ago that they were looking at that card in particular. It was kind of sworn to secrecy. Uh, but once I saw, once I found out Laura was, was heading to Sydney, I kind of was like, ooh, this is what's happening. So confirmed it with multiple people yesterday, and there you go. Laura getting the nod, and I think her chemistry with, with DC... She's worked with DC already a bunch of times on the Contender Series, so there's already a, a chemistry there. She works with DC on the weigh-in shows quite a bit, so there's a great chemistry between those guys, and John Anik is the best in the business when it comes to huddling up the, the troops and, and getting everyone at their best. And it's nice to... Honestly, she is so good. She's so good with the grappling stuff. And you know what I love about her the most? She understands scoring. She gets it. She educates herself 
in the scoring and understands that, oh, if you defend a takedown, you should you, – because we hear people say, well, if you defend a takedown, that should count. No, it shouldn't. No, it shouldn't. But Laura gets it. She is engulfed in this sport, and she's trying to get better and better and better. And I think – and I saw some people being a bunch of assholes about it. Saw some people commenting, well, I'm going to mute the pay-per-view for the first time. Well, then you're an idiot. You're an idiot if you feel that way. Because she's going to bring something different to the, to the table. And I feel like she's going to do so well that this will not be a one-time thing. She has earned this opportunity, and she deserves it, and she's really good. So I think the chemistry is going to be sp- fantastic. I think it's going to be great. With the heavyweight division, man, I, like, I, I've heard this take a lot that, oh, Curtis is just going to kill Jelton Almeida. Jelton's not going to be able to take him down, all that stuff. I just don't understand what you're watching. Because here's the thing. Curtis Blades is probably going to have to keep this thing on the feet the whole time. Because... What's Curtis going to go to first if he gets himself in any trouble? He's going to try to take Jailson Almeida down. And being on the ground with that guy, whether you're on top of him or whether you're on your back, is awful. It is not a good place to be. So is Curtis okay going a potential 25 minutes in a striking battle with this guy? If he is, and this fight stays on the feet, then Curtis probably has a good chance to win. But I just, Jelton is a hoss, man. Jelton is a hoss. And it don't have to be pretty for him to get you to the ground. All he needs is one. Even as, as veteran savvy as Curtis Blades is, I think people underestimate how good Jelton Almeida is on the ground. He is incredible. So I don't, like, this is definitely the, this is the big litmus test. This is the big one. And if Jelton beats Curtis Blades, however he does it, he's number one with a bullet. He, he's, he's, he's above Pavlovich for me. Pavlovich has earned his right to be in a vacant title fight if that's what it comes to. But Jelton Almeida is, is above him and 1,000% deserves to be in that discussion if he beats a guy like Curtis Blades. But we'll see what happens on November 4th. I can't wait for that fight and the timing of it is fantastic. It's really, really perfect heading into the title fight. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because of Jill, yep, yep. Hey, what's up, man? Good morning. Uh, so I heard you talking to TG earlier, and it sounds like you match made Benoit Saint Denis against uh, Matt Fervola. Is that correct? I did. Okay, yeah, that's the exact fight I was. Uh, I was hoping for. Well, the exact fight I am hoping for uh, as soon as they announce one of their next matchups. Uh, I just wanted to know who would you favor in that fight, um, and then also. Uh, What's it? Never mind. I, that's it. I forgot uh, what else I was going to ask. Yeah, who would you favor in that fight? Thanks, man. Um, I favor Santini in that fight. He's just such a. He's just so physical, man. I'm not ruling out Frivola. Uh, Frivola's 
Fravol is better is is better than I thought he was. Uh, and he showed it in the Drew Dober fight. Because I, I was pretty confident that Drew Dober was going to beat Matt Frivola, and he proved me wrong. So the guy continues to get better. But, man, is that a tough fight for him. But it's a good one. It's not one he can't – it's not one he can't win. But Benoit is just so big. He's a giant for this division. So physical. So, I mean, if this is just a straight striking match – Frivola's got a shot, but I don't think it's going to be. I think Benoit's just going to hoss him. Just doing, just going to hold poor, he's going to try to hold poor Matt Frivola against the fence and just unleash punishment on him. But Benoit does not care about a, about a firefight either. So the more of a firefight it becomes, the better the chances are for Matt Frivola. And Matt Frivola is very good at turning things into a firefight. So. That's it's just it, there's no way that fight sucks. There's no way that fight sucks. I love that fight, but I would favor Santos to win. Uh, Cole, go ahead. Good morning, Mike. Um, by the way, four corner. It was Jose Young who was saying the stuff about uh, Curtis Blades. So, um, but on uh, I think it was Saturday for the I think it was either the pre-fight or the post-fight. I mean, I was tuning in for some great takes. But I didn't think I would get something as great as you comparing Manon Fioro to Paul Molitor. I mean, that's just money. <laughs> that is money. Like, Jose was trying to sit on you for that. That's money. Uh, just singles and doubles, baby. But I just want you to talk about the why the fuck is this fight happening fight of the year that's on this card. I mean, in the good name of Austin Hubbard, what the fuck is going on with this one? Just That's all I got. Thanks, man. Um, I, I assume you were you were talking about the Nazareth Hackfarass Landon Quinones fight. I don't know. It's the most random fight on a card that I can remember. But I don't know. Opportunity knocks. There you go. Um, Nazareth wanted to be on this card, and apparently, and wanted to get back in there, and. Landon said, I'll do it on pretty short notice. So, you know, Landon's well represented. Shout out to Oren Hodak. So he gets his chance. So good for him. Um, it is very weird. It, it sticks out like a sore thumb, this one. For sure. For sure. Yes, and I love the Paul Molitor reference. Singles and doubles. That's what Manifiora does. Singles and doubles. But can hit a home run if she needs to. If she faces a... A pitcher that's not big league ready, she can knock it out of the park. Uh, YVMZ, hello. Hi, Mike. Heck of morning. Uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, I don't know if you've seen the footage with uh, Francis and Tyson, and Tyson, um, you know, training and sparring. Just wanted to get your thoughts on if he had a chance to beat uh, Tyson Fury. No. No chance. No chance. I love the videos, though. I will say that. Seeing Francis and Tyson and seeing Francis, you know, take instruction and, and come through and land some, some nice shots. But, yeah, it's great. But that's not Tyson Fury. So he's got – I'm sorry. Like, it would be – it would be the craziest thing in the history of combat sports if Francis Ngannou wins this fight. It would be absolutely insane. Like, Tyson Fury took the absolute best shots that Deontay Wilder could throw and didn't get knocked out and continued to fight. I just don't think Francis is going to be able to land that big shot. And even if he does, yeah, it's just not going to go well. Maybe Tyson carries him a little bit. Um but it would be the most insane thing that ever happened in combat sports. It would be the most insane thing if Francis somehow won this fight. But what a magical friggin' moment it would be. Can you imagine Dana White's reaction to that? It would be the best. It would be the fucking best. And it would be hilarious. It would be awesome if Francis could do it. But we got to be real with ourselves, my friends. 
It's not going to happen. Viking, hello. Hey, Mike. How are you? What's up, man? Uh, I just want to ask you, have you ever visited a psychiatrist or therapist and how was that experience for you? And one more question about uh, Jelton Almeida and uh, Curtis Blade fight. How do you see that fight? Considering your knowledge of fight, fight game, and all the other stuff, BJ, thanks a lot. Man, I, I mean, it's 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 one of the tougher fights to call right now. It's one of the tougher fights to call. But for me, I kind of look at it as, you know, when you give someone with big punching power twenty five minutes to land a big shot. That's the way I view Jelton Almeida from a grappling perspective. You give Jelton Almeida 25 minutes to get to his position in this fight, he's going to take advantage of it. It's, I mean, I just don't see a world where this fight stays on the feet for 25 minutes. I just don't see it. So with that said, I'm leaning Jelton Almeida because that's just a lot of time. But who knows? Maybe Curtis comes up with a great game plan. I'm not saying Curtis can't win. Curtis will probably be favored to win this fight. But he's going to have to be, I mean, absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. Uh, have I done therapy? Yes, I have. Um, years ago, uh, I'm not doing it currently, uh, but it is very helpful. It certainly is very helpful. Um, to me, it's, it's, it's been more like the physical, like to me, it was like, I did it probably, I don't know, 2014, 2015-ish. Um, getting kind of burnt out with a lot of things. Um, working multiple jobs, trying to like get this MMA thing up and running and just kind of working myself to the bone. And all of it just kind of translated to me being kind of a grump. And... I don't like being a grump. I don't like being a grump at all. Um, so I went and talked about it and just realized that, you know, don't get burnt out and don't be a grump. Um, when you feel grumpy and you feel in a bad place, go do something physical that makes you feel better. For me, it was lifting weights, hitting golf balls, going to the driving range and just swinging as hard as you can. Um, certain things. And, you know, I've had conversations with my wife about it. And there are times where when I was grumpy, she would just say, you know what? Go hit some golf balls. And I'd be like, you know what? You're right. And I would go hit golf balls and I'd feel better about it. And we talk things out. Um, I haven't needed it in a while. Um, there are times where I get a little grumpy and I get a little overwhelmed. But uh, the thing about therapy that really helped was it kind of led me into these things where now I know how to handle it a little bit better. So uh, if you've never done it, I, I recommend it. If you're in a, a weird place, definitely do it. Uh, and some people like just carry it on for years and years. It's something that they like absolutely have to have and kudos to them. Um, it's just something that something I could go back to something I don't really need to right now. But when I did it, it was very helpful. Very helpful. It taught me a lot about myself. So I recommend it for sure. Uh, Daniel, hello. Hey, Mike. Can you hear me? Got you. Perfect. Heck of a morning to you, man. Hope your uh, holiday weekend went well. Just got a really quick one for you. Just about this Austin Lane and Taffa fight. Um, kind of just curious how you think this fight goes. I know we're getting the second iteration of it now, but it's just really interesting. Like Taffa coming from a NFL background and everything and somehow he actually has more MMA experience than Tafa. I feel like we normally don't see something like that, but yeah, just curious on how you think that fight actually plays out. Thanks, Mike. Uh, it's going to be a slugfest that Tafa should probably win. Like I know Lane, Lane's got a lot of fights, like more fights. Let me see how much more. 12 and 3. But a lot of his fights were like on the regional scene too. And most of his fights did not last very long. They're like 30 seconds here, 
minute here. Um, has he ever even, even been to a third round in his career? No. So it's, it's, it's pretty easy to be active. Like he started, he debuted in 2017, three fights, 2018, three fights, 2019, two fights. Then he lost in 2020, but then, you know, 2021 had a bunch of fights. Like he's fighting two, three times a year. Dude's an athlete, no doubt about that. But Tafa's just fought way better guys. Way better guys. So, Eileen, but again, when you have two big fucking animals throwing bombs at each other, anything is possible. Anything can happen. But Eileen, uh, Eileen Justin Tafa. I mean, anybody who goes out there and knocks out Paco Porter automatically uh, gets the favorite nod in my eyes. Uh, let's go to Jacob, and then we'll go to uh, Fight Papa before we get on out of here. Jacob, hello. All right, not connecting. Try again, Jacob. Uh, Fight Papa, do we have you? Fight Papa, you're muted. Fight Papa not coming through either. Maybe we can get Jacob back in here. Not working. Same thing. Not getting anything from either. All right, I'll give it like 10 more seconds. See if we can get either of you through. If not, uh, it's going to be a wrap on the program. All right, doesn't look like it's going to happen. Uh, I got you guys screenshotting it right now. Um, when we come back on Thursday, Oh, let's try. Do let's try Jacob one more time. Uh, Jacob, do we have? Yeah. Him? Hey, Mike. Sorry. Can you hear me? Yep, I got you. Okay. Cool. First, uh, I just want to say that it's. Uh, I know it's a morning morning time for you. It's night time for me. I'm over in Kazakhstan. Um, I'm I'm an American living here, working as an expat. Anyways, how do you see Sean Strickland getting a victory, if even possible at all, in your in your opinion? Uh, and, and thanks for thanks for everything. Thanks for hosting the show. Uh, you do an awesome job, man. So yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. Sean, like I've said uh, b- before, Sean just has to get in Izzy's face for twenty five minutes and just throw a million punches. That's literally his best chance. Now shoot a couple of takedowns, mix the martial arts, all of it. Uh, but he cannot let Izzy get loose or have any room to maneuver at all. And that is asking a lot from any athlete to do for a potential 25 minutes. But that is his best chance. He has to just get within five inches of Izzy at all times and just always move and always be offensive and just let the chips fall where they may. He cannot let Izzy get comfortable at all. At all. But that is... That is very, very difficult for, for anybody to do. So that's his best chance. This can't be a kickboxing match. This can't be – this can't really be like a typical MMA fight. He needs to be somewhat defensively sound but 95% offense and just be in his grill every second doing something offensive. Other than that, he's going to get picked apart, and it's not going to be good. But to say he has zero chance, I'm not going that. I'm not going to say that. But that is a lot. The, the path to victory is there, but it is going to take a lot. And it's going to take him being perfect. And it's going to take his mindset sticking to that game plan that his team has put together for 25 minutes. And Sean has had trouble with that. Alex Pereira fights perfect example. The plan for Alex Pereira fight was to wrestle him. And Sean said, F that. I'm just going to strike with him. And he got knocked out. And his team in the corner is like, what are you doing? What are you doing? He got knocked out. But 
Sean's whole mindset with, with Pereira in the entire fight was, if I fight this guy 100 times, I'm going to fight him that way all 100 times. That's just the way the man thinks. So, you know Nick Six got a game plan. You know the team's got a game plan. They've studied Izzy like crazy. Things are going to get real heated over the next few days. Let's see if Sean can stay within himself and stick to a game plan. It's going to be tough to do. The game plan he needs to probably beat Izzy is going to be a tough one. But this is a sport where anything can happen. And Sean Stricker winning would be golly. The post-fight show, the, the watch party reaction for a Sean Strickland win will be legendary. That's for sure. All right, we are done. Uh, thank you very much. Very busy day. Got some interviews coming up, uh, including I'll be talking to the original BMF champ later on today, one Jorge Masvidal, uh, about his big event on Friday, the Justin Gaethje stuff. Will he come back? We'll talk about that. I'm um, also going to be talking to Gianni Vasquez today. If that name doesn't ring a bell, uh, go to my Twitter and go to the pinned tweet because uh, Gianni Vasquez was the guy who was sort of the victim of the Fury FC debacle where the referee did not stop a fight when poor Gianni Vasquez was unconscious in a choke. And then... He was put into an arm bar while unconscious and him, his arm getting broken is what woke him up from being unconscious. Uh, but Gianni has somehow recovered from all of that and he actually won the up next fighting flyweight title over the weekend. So excited to, to catch up with him and, and see what the last few months of his life have been like. And Looks like I'll have another interview coming up tomorrow as well with a up-and-coming UFC main eventer. So get excited for that. So it's going to be a busy week. we got 293. Watch party coming up on Saturday. Your boy's going to be doing some more interviews again. You've all been asking, and I'm going to give it to you. So thank you all very much. Back Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. We'll do it again. Until then, have a great rest of your Tuesday. And as always, have a heck of a morning, everybody. Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.